Let me go very quickly to the word of God. Y'all did come for the word, right? Mark chapter 2 is what I'm going to be reading from tonight. A very familiar passage. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 7. When you get it in your Bible or your smart device, stand with me. Honor you singers and musicians. Thank God for you tonight. Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 7. When you have it, I want you to say, I have the bread. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. Somebody say, in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw that, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was a certain of the scribes sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blaspheme? Who can forgive sins but God only? And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Before you sit down, I want you to shout this at the person. Don't just say it. I want you to shout it at them because this is a word for the season they just walked in. Scream at them. Tell them God will be revealed. Hallelujah. Glory. That was a good practice run. But I want you to look at somebody and ask him, did you hear what I just said? Tell them, prepare, prepare, prepare. God will be revealed. I need 50 of y'all to open up your mouth and start praising God. Come on, come on. Start praising God now because God will be revealed. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. God will be revealed. The, the Gospels, of course, for all of you students of the scriptures, would say that the Gospels are the encompassing, all synoptic Gospels are encompassing of the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I think in order to uh, give a, a, a wider scope of the Gospels, you can't start uh, with the death. You got to examine the life of Jesus because Jesus teaches us how to live. It's why it's, it's the purpose of the multiplicity of the manifestations of the Godhead that Christ will be the perfect example for us. Yes, we had examples under the old covenant. We had examples of Moses and Joshua and David, but all of the patriarchs and all of the great men, men and women of God, as wonderful as they were, they were flawed people. Amen. Just like us, <laughs> right? But Jesus Christ... Uh, became the son of God, the son of himself, to be a manifestation of what a perfect example would look like. He teaches us. He shows us how to live a life of obedience and a life of submission to the will of the father. So let's look how Jesus did ministry, because oftentimes we are scoping our ministry by each other and not by Jesus. Really, I'm serious. There's nothing wrong with gleaning from one another's ministry, but I think sometimes we've been so overexposed to other people's ministries and other people's lives that we have built something that God never told us to build. Well, y'all ain't got tight on me already in here. We, we just start duplicating stuff that's not our assignment. Just because they do it like that over here, that don't mean we do it like this over here. Come on. We've got to tell your neighbor, do it like God told you to do it. You will never be successful being somebody else. Many of us have given birth to a Frankenstein lifestyle. A Frankenstein life, something you didn't create it. A little bit of Kim Kardashian, a little bit of Beyonce, a little bit. After a while, you looking in the mirror, you got on their makeup, but you ain't got their image. Come on, we don't know whether we Pentecost the word of faith. No, no, no. We don't. We have become everything, trying to be everything instead of who God called us to be. I need you to put your hand on your neighbor as a shoulder and tell him the power not gonna show up until you show up. 
My God. The anointing is not going to flow until the person that God called you to be shows up. Hallelujah. Ask Samuel. Samuel says, I see you and I see you and I see you, but the oil is not flowing. And so many of us want God to anoint our presentation, but the oil is not for your presentation. The oil is for your person. You may not be able to do runs, but be anointed. You may not be able to play in every key, but be anointed. Come on. You may not be able to preach like somebody else. Scream at somebody. Tell them, just be anointed. It's important to me that after all this, I'm anointed because at the end of the day, it's not your style that changes things. Come on. It's not your beauty that shifts things, but it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. I need so you to scream at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, I'd rather be anointed. I would like to be talented. I would like to be handsome. I would like to be beautiful. I would like to be popular. We would all like that. But at the end of the day, it's more important to me that I'm anointed. Y'all be seated. Y'all taking up my time. Let's look at what the ministry of Jesus looks like. He's he's touchable. He's touchable. See, some of us, I, I am convinced because we didn't have an identity before the title. We've allowed the title to become identity. You know, because when you know who you are without the title, you don't lose your mind when people don't call your title. No, 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 no. You can walk in the mall and they say, what's your name? You can say, Cindy. Hallelujah. Travis, come on, somebody. I don't have to. Apostle does not have to precede my name. The apostolic can flow after my name because signs follow them. They follow us. Hallelujah. Scream at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor. They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. You just keep being nice to people. They'll know. Just keep doing what you're doing. They'll know. Go to your job. Just do like you do and they will know. They will know. They will know. Jesus does people and you cannot effectively do ministry if you can't do people time is out for us elevating people that we have to explain to everybody y'all stop having all these ceremonies and giving people titles hoping they stay elevating people hoping they'll act better once you elevate them let me tell you something if they're as a brother they'll be toxic as a deacon if she messy as a sister she'll be a messy evangelist let God get that stuff up out of them because when you elevate people without them being pruned and purged you are condoning their activities lay hands on no man suddenly neither be partakers so y'all not mad at me are you come on talk to me hallelujah you look jealous when you don't say nothing you look come on you, you look guilty when you don't say nothing Lay hands on no man suddenly, neither be partakers of men's sins. Jesus did people. And that's a challenge when you want to be a leader and a shepherd, but you're offended by the fragrance of sheep. I don't fool with folks. I don't fool with folks. You come late and leave early. How is it that this new culture of agitators, I mean adjutants, and armor bearers and nurses and assistants will leave their pastor at the church talking about, well, I'm going home. Let me know if you need anything. What do I supposed to do? Do I supposed to call you after you go home? No. How is it that you can have 10 security guards and bodyguards while the service is going on with them protecting you from a church mother, but you got to go to the car and the dog by yourself? And this is what this is what this season is going to reveal. And I'm, I'm just preaching here. This is what the season is going to reveal. This season is going to reveal the servants from the performers. Because performers only operate when other people are watching. The performers only operate when the microphones are on and the lights are on. There is an elevation that's getting ready to come to the people who've been serving on the back side of the desert. Scream at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you don't have to call my name. You don't have to call. I don't need a reserved seat. You ain't got to do that. Don't give me a title and watch me still work it. Y'all be seated. Jesus does people.
Jesus does people. Because doing ministry is doing people. And I know what has happened is a lot of us have been hardened over time. And we look at meekness as weakness. But how, if they mishandle, because I, I ain't going to never let nobody mishandle me again. I'm never, I, I'm, let me, I'm putting up this wall. Because I ain't, ain't going to, I'm putting up this wall. I ain't going to let nobody mishandle. I'm put, and you don't realize, you didn't put up so many walls around you that you think you're free. But you actually have put your own self in a prison. Well, you tell somebody, give them these, this news. It's not good news. It's just reality. Tell them you will get hurt again. Oh, yeah. You're going to be disappointed again. You Somebody is going to disappoint you. And your ability to process it and move on will determine how successful you're going to be in ministry and in life. Because some of you are making people in your present pay for what somebody in your past did. Tell your neighbor, tell them, I didn't do that to you. I didn't do that to you. Um, you can't do people. I can't do, uh-uh, uh-uh, I don't fool with folks. Well, if you don't do, if you don't deal with folks, we can't use you. Because this is what we do in ministry. We deal with people. And where there's people, there are people problems. And how well can you manage that? Without always, without always including the apostle and pastor. How well can you help process that? Compartmentalize that. Shh. I'm telling you of this next season we're going in. This is tell your neighbor we're in a new season now. Everybody got to grow up quickly because what God is about to do, he's going to do it quickly. Then y'all just read that scripture in Amos chapter 3 says it's going to happen so quick it's going to make your head spin. The only challenge with that happening so quickly, it will be a sad thing for God to release it and your hands not be ready. Because God going to do what he said he was going to do. He said go to Jerusalem and tarry there. But if you're still in your head in Galilee, you're going to think the Holy Ghost didn't come. Let me move on. Let me move on. So Jesus is doing people. And Jesus, Jesus is doing outreach. He's he is taking care of the natural needs of people. And this is why it is imperative that we as pastors and churches find people in our ministry that have a burden for outreach. See, the, the challenge is. We want the visionary to be the visionary and the runner. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain, so those who read it can run with it. See, the pastor don't have to show up to all your evangelistic efforts. Because if it's his vision and you're doing it, he did show up. Y'all not saying nothing to me in here. We, we've got to do, let me tell you something. We've got to do more than shouting. And we must expand the vocabulary of apostles and overseers and evangelists more than pulpit ministry. I know you've been called to preach. We don't even have to have a long meeting about it. I already, Pastor, I want to tell you because I've just been having these dreams and I had this dream that I was, I mean, I don't even want to say it. I'm not, no, no, you've been called to preach, haven't you? You've been called to preach. Oh, you saw it too? Yeah. I've been telling y'all, all of y'all are called to preach. Now let's discover where your pulpit at. Because are you going to sit around waiting for your rotation and your Sunday for somebody to pass out for you to grab the mic and you try to out holler the next person? Everybody can't be called to temple ministry. Somebody got to go, go, go. What's going to happen? What are we going to do with all of this church real estate? That's wasted real estate. In this next complex that this church builds, it has to be greater than church services. Because if all we're going to do, apostle got a vision that's greater than a church service. Because if all we're going to have is church services and a conference, a prophetic conference in November, and we're going to have a women's conference in March, it's going to be wasted real estate. If the church going to sit empty, I hope I offend somebody in this room. I hope it offend. I hope it get up in your spirit. If all we're going to do Monday through Saturday, all day, if the church stays empty, it's wasted real estate. Somebody in the room got to say, you know what? My pastor is apostle and I got that same apostolic oil on me. Girl, you know, you ain't no apostle. No, really. I do feel like I'm an apostle. I feel like. 
God want me to do more than own a salon. He wants me to set up a chain of salons. Also, he wants me to start a cosmetology school. You can't do nothing like that. I know, no, I'm, I'm under an apostolic ministry. And under this apostolic man, what is on the head is on the house. And I got the ability to lay them. Ain't nobody ever did that before. Yes, because I have an apostolic anointing. Ain't nobody ever did it before. So I'm about to do something in Augusta that ain't nobody ever did before. I'm about to do something in South Kakalaki that ain't nobody ever did. So I need to see the 60 of you in this room. That you feel that leap in your spirit. That you're about to do something that ain't never been done before. Push somebody, tell them that's why it's been so difficult. That's why it's been so hard. That's why it's been so complicated. Because you, just for the hundred of you that will shout, you're about to do something that you ain't never did before. Somebody, people in your family have never seen it. I said, somebody open up your mouth and shout tonight if you believe it. Tell your neighbor, it ain't never been done before. Y'all be seated. Jesus is not just having church. He's feeding people. He's feeding the needs of people. Because in those ways, it makes our tongues more realistic. You know, it makes it 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 makes our dancing more believable. When this word becomes flesh. Oh no, I already know yours is real. But but I know God. But those who don't know God, it's going to be hard for them to receive here when they're empty here. Woo! It's going to be challenging, especially as we excel in acad- academics. It's going to be challenging for some of our young people if all we give them is I can feel them in my hands and feel them in my feet. Because as, you, as, as I travel all across India, some of the Hindus are speaking in our tongue. And they're going into shakes and quickenings, worshiping their idol gods. Uh, Xenoglossia is not limited to Christianity and Pentecostals. There's some sects of Islam where they go into these trances and they uh, release some kind of gibberish language. So, so we got to have something more than a roll in the floor. I'm going to roll in the floor and when I get up, I'm getting up with an idea. Oh my God. I'm talking crazy to some of y'all in here. I know what I'm saying. But I come from the remnant tonight. I'm talking about when I fall on the floor the next time, when I get up, I'm saying, oh, I, I just, I got the idea. I just found out how I, I, God just gave me an idea and I'm going to get a grant for half a million dollars and I'm going to have that thing. Oh, that I'm, I'm going to lay the foundation this year huh, and it'll be finished by the fall of next year. I need somebody in this room that will open up your mouth right now and praise God because I come to irritate somebody. I want your baby to leave tonight. I want the faith of the so Jesus Jesus oh man I don't went past my time I put myself on a limit put myself on a limit the Bible says Jesus fed people he took care of that natural needs and all in the gospels we experience the miraculous the ministry of Jesus was full of miracles, signs, and wonders. To all my note takers, I want you to write this. Jesus attracts with miracles and establishes with principles. He attracts the crowds with miracles, but he establishes them with principles. I say that. Because if we think the purpose of the miracle is just the miracle, we didn't get everything out of it. You know, it's, 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 it's got to it's got to be another principle. And for example, Jesus finds a man that has a hand deformity and all of us have some sort of deformity somewhere, some sort of defect. All of us do. Right. Uh, I got a dent in the middle of my head. And every so often I'll look at graphic designers when I'm preaching at a church and they will airbrush it out. And I'm like, put my dent back there. That's my dent. <laughs> and, and when they airbrush it, you know what it communicates to me? Something is wrong. You know, some of us didn't even know something was wrong until somebody else told us. Mm. And so, so 
if you got a deformity, you learn how to hide it. You learn how to cover it, right? You know? But Jesus looks at the man and says something cruel. What does he say to him? Stretch it out. Man, that is mean. Like, if you're going to heal me, just heal it while it's in my, my hand is in my pocket. And I take it out like, wow, y'all don't even know. No, Jesus says, put it out there. And what, that's the miracle, right? He heals him. But what's the principle? God won't heal what you won't reveal. See, if you stop at the miracle, you'll never get the principle. The miracle attracts you so you can get a download of a biblical principle. How, how many fish? Two fish and five loaves of bread. Two fish and five. I mean, wow, there's so many symbolisms in that. So many symbolisms. Jewish, Gentile, you know, so many symbolisms. But what's a simple principle? It tells us, God says, I can't give you the miracle until you count what you have. How how some of you have hindered God from paying off your student loans? Because you don't know how much you owe. <laughs> and God says, if I wipe it out and you don't even check your bills, you won't even know I gave you a miracle. And God says, I'm not interested in doing stuff I can't get no glory from. See, some of y'all are airbrushing your life and you're trying to act like everything is perfect. Everything is. Sometimes you need to be honest when people say, how you doing? Tell them I'm blessed, but I'm tired. Come on, God, God is good and I'm frustrated. So when God brings you out, it's a testimony. So let's look at this text. Let's see what biblical principles. Why would I say this? And I'm going to say something and please don't get offended by it. Just unpack it. And anything I say, um, I, I believe even the prophetic word can be challenged. Pro prophecy is open to human error. Y'all be reminded of that. Amen. We can all miss God, right? So anything I'm saying tonight, I want you to go behind and test it. If it don't taste right, you know, I'm not your pastor. You don't have to go swallow it right away. Just go around. And then you're like, mm -mm, no. I mean, don't be mean about it. I'm a guest. So if you don't like my food, don't, you ain't got to be, ah, no, just. Let me say this. The reason why you need to get principles because miracles are not permanent. If you try to live in the miraculous, it's going to mess you up. If we build our churches all off of somebody's blind eyes came over, that will attract. But what else after that? Miracles are not permanent. Now, let me give you an example. Jesus resurrected Lazarus. Where is he at? Dead. <laughs> because miracles God used to attract, but they're not, they're, not, they're not permanent. The little boy ain't still running around with a basket with food still coming out of it. It was for that moment that a principle would be established. Mm. And so... There is a lame man in Capernaum. Capernaum, the town of Jesus. I go to Capernaum uh, uh, at least twice a year. Uh, is why my schedule has really been stretched over these last few days because I work uh, with, uh, with Israel a lot. I work with Orthodox Jews, so I've been dealing with rabbis and some Christian pastors. I spoke to a pastor yesterday. He has 23 people in his church under the age of 22 that just got called to the front line at the Gaza Strip. So I've been up uh, all time of night uh, going through prayer and helping with strategies and canceling trips. And Pastor Sutton and I just got back a few months ago from, from there. So Capernaum, when you go to Capernaum, it says the town of Jesus. And you know who lives there? Uh, one monk. You know why? Because Capernaum didn't believe Jesus. And Jesus says, because of your unbelief, it'd be worse for you than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. So now Capernaum was a bustling city, a bustling coastal town, and now it is a tourist site. But the Bible said there was a day where Jesus was in a house. Hallelujah. He was in the house, and y'all know this text already. This man was lame. 
and he couldn't get there. But his friends said, we'll get you to where Jesus is. All right, let's write this principle down. The mandate of this season is partnership and collaboration. Now, that's going to that's be hard for some of you. I got one man over standing in the door started clapping. Everybody else was typing or saying, mm, that wasn't as prophetic as I thought it was going to be. It is very prophetic. As a matter of fact, um, it's more detailed prophetic. Because most of us, when we prophesy, we see in the spirit and we see a wide scope. The challenge, oh, I'm sorry. The challenge is... The challenge is oftentimes when you're looking at stuff at a wide scope, you see the finished product, but you miss out on the details, the strategies and the steps. The reason why I need to say this, Apostle, the reason why I need to speak this in this room, because there are some people in this room tonight. You have great vision. And your question is, how am I going to do it? And how am I going to get that? How am I? But let me tell you something. This next thing that God wants to do and because God wants to be revealed in it, he's going to fix it where it's going to be bigger than you can do by your yourself if you can do it it ain't God if you can do it by yourself with no help it ain't God God says I want to give you a vision that's going to make you nervous I want to give you a purpose that's going to make you shake in your boots God said I want to give you something that will make your head swim going to make you scratch your head if, it's more, if you can pay for it on your own God didn't give it to you I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, the dream that God gave me makes me nervous. To the point, I don't even tell everybody everything. Because you're going to think I'm crazy. Because the truth is, I think I'm crazy. The mere fact that at this age, I feel like I can still do it, it's got to be God. But I need you to touch three people. And I mean, get the three people to tell them, he's going to make you laugh. God's going to make you laugh. God's going to make you laugh. God's going to make you laugh. I come to prophesy to somebody in this room that your age has not disqualified you. Hey, hey, I said your age has not disqualified you. And if you want nobody running with the apostle, I said your age has not disqualified you. And if you praise them now, what you thought was going to take a long time, God is going to do it in a short time. I need a praise here. Come on. I need a praise here. I need a praise here. Ho ho! Shanana say Ho 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 ho! I need you to scream at somebody and tell them suddenly, suddenly! So, y'all be seated. Man. So, your challenge is finding people around you. That will be legs to what God showed you. I need you to pull on somebody. Tell them I'll get you there. Hallelujah. We'll put our change together and I'll get you there. If we got to share space, we'll get there. Come on, somebody. If we got to borrow, we'll get there. Come on. If you need to use my vessel, we can get there. If you need to use my car, we'll get there. I need somebody to get with me and partner with me. Pull on somebody. Tell them I'll partner with you. I'll stick it out with you. We'll scratch our heads together, but we'll get there. Woo! Partnership. Partner. Paul and Silas is coming together. Mary and Elizabeth is coming together. The 120 is coming together. Tell your neighbor, I ain't got to have everybody. But I do need somebody. I need somebody that will make my baby leap. I need somebody that will stir my spirit. I need somebody that will speak to my vision. Somebody! I need somebody to open up your mouth and shout, partner, 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 partner. Get with somebody and partner. My name ain't got to be on it. It just got to be God doing it. Partner. Amen. God says, I want to do something. If you can I'm I feel the I feel the prophet. I feel the 
Tell you, I want everybody to speak out of me. I'm telling them I'm going to build. Shout, I'm going to build. I'm going to build. Just keep saying it. I'm going to build. I keep hearing it. Come on, say, keep saying, I'm going to build. I need you to say it. Say, I'm going to build. Say, I'm going to build my mother a house. I'm going to build. How? I'm gonna be. Come on, you don't need a keyboard, just praise us. Come on, come on, Alvin. Hallelujah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be. I come to stir up a builder's anointing. I'm gonna be. Come on, Nehemiah. I'm gonna be. All right, all right. Oh, almost with oh. oh. I feel a builder's anointing in here. Whew. Can we just dance for about 30 seconds? Come on. One, two, ready. Come on. Huh. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, come on. Hey, that's it. My God. I feel a builder's anointing. It won't be long from now. something where you find you a partner and if they look and still find somebody else but get your partner tell them partner in praise with me go ahead get your praise partner my mama oh hey thank you say i'm man god bless you yes sir Amen. Amen. Y'all just stood up in victory. Now I want you to sit down in your miracle. Sit down. Sit down in it. Sit down in it. And when you sat down, you ought to you should see something different. You gotta everything you do, you gotta do it in the spirit. Sit down and look at the room to the left. Woo. Look at the room to the right. I got a builder's anointing. Every I, I'm telling you, listen. If you ain't spiritual, you'll miss spiritual moments. Look at somebody tell them everything just shifted. The moment some of y'all jumped up in faith, God tapped somebody who had the finances on the shoulder. Oh, the moment you jumped up in praise. Over here, you didn't get the lesson. She is dancing, and y'all should not let her dance by herself. Somebody get up on there and help her, help her, help her, help her. That's it. Help her, help her. Help, help. This is partnership. This is partnership. Amen. This is partnership. You will not go in by yourself. Because when you come out, you're not coming out by yourself. Y'all be seated if you can. Be seated. I'm trying. 
Ina na na mosha. Ede de na na mosha ta. Hana na 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 mosha. So the Bible said they got to the house after partnering with one another, and you already know the story. They couldn't get in. I come for the weak part of you to tell you to stop being so easily offended at the no. See, many of us, your miracle is not going to be determined by what was said to you. It's going to be determined how you respond to it. Now, when some of you were in the world, you were hard. You were, you were fighting a heartbeat. And some of us got in church and we didn't got weak. We didn't got real weak. You can't be that. If you're easily offended in this hour, you're going to be too offended to get a miracle. Jesus, my daughter needs to be healed. I'm not giving the children's bread to dogs. Quote Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Yeah, see, everybody loves Jesus. They love the, you know, love your neighbors. I love thyself. You got to take the whole scroll. He says, all right for me to give the children's bread to the dogs. She could have said, you know what? Forget you. But she had a situation. Hey. She had made a journey to get to him. She said, right, right. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that comes from the master's table. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, be careful how you respond. Just because the house was full Somebody else would have said, well, we might as well go back to the house. I mean, we tried. But the kingdom of God suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. To the point, you already know. They start tearing down somebody else's house. They says, we don't know what the repercussions are going to be. It can't be good. But we're too close. Because they weren't carrying themselves, they were carrying somebody else. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I may be acting a little crazy to you, but tell them this ain't even about me. I got a family that I'm carrying. I got some family members that I've been carrying on my back. Somebody got children that they've been carrying on their back. So why are you saying it don't take all of this? This is all I got. I ain't got no backup plan. If God don't do it, it won't be done. Told him, and the people were packed in the house. God was doing miracles. Why? Because the supernatural is released in the atmospheres that desire it. And this is what I'm going to tell you, praise team. And I'm going to tell you, praise team and preachers. This is what I teach our church all the time. If they don't want to go, you can't make them. And don't try to make them. Your job is to lead worship. And when you are a real worship leader, real worshipers will follow. Go so deep in. Mm. See, I'm from the country. I'm from yeah. Augusta's a little big from where I mean I'm not I don't live in the country anymore, but I'm just saying <laughs> I'm from the country and this is what I'm, my grandfather I lived in the household with four generations at one time, believe it or not. My great grandparents, my grandparents, my uh my mother, and then me, four generations. And my grandfather, who, who I called Papa, had a CB radio scanner. And all night that thing would be on. And any ambulance, a police report. You can hear him listening to it. And every so often, if somebody's house caught a fire in the country, people would get in their cars or come out of their house in house coats and bedroom shoes. Ain't got no bucket. No hose. They will come just to watch the house burn. Hear me, church. If you catch on fire, people will come for miles around 
just to watch you burn. Go in, go in, just go in, just go in, just go in. And they'll either catch up with you or get ran over. Just go in. Because this is where I'm at in my life in ministry. I am, I'm only now in my own bed in D.C., maybe one or two nights a week. And I got a home in Lynchburg. I only spend the night in it on Saturday nights. So this is where I'm at in my life. I'm not going to beg you and bless you. And pastors, when you keep begging people, you're diminishing your value. No, no, no. No, no. You know what you bring. You know what our church brings. And at this point, they've been in the church long enough that you don't need to be calling them to see where they were. Come on. At some point, hey, we got to work with the newcomers. At this point, hallelujah, you should be a little older than where you are. You should be helping us with the infants in God. I'm not begging anybody to stay. We didn't already met four times and you want to have another meeting? No meeting necessary. If this is a way of you trying to kick me in the stomach one last time before you leave, no meeting necessary. Because what God is about to do with us, it ain't, I'm not even mad. I'm not being messy. I'm not being nasty. I'm not going to write a Facebook status about you. I'm just at a point now. I don't want anybody to be here that don't want to be here. And to the point, you could be a wall and somebody's trying to get in through a door. So if God wants, if you, if you feel like your season is up, season is up. And come back and visit anytime you get ready because we will still be here. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, we won't die just because you left. Hold on. There are five other tithers that just came in and replaced you. The supernatural is released in atmospheres that expected. And when they lowered him down, Jesus looked up and the Bible said, oh, another theological challenge here. Because anytime we talk about faith, we talk about one dimension of faith. And the dimension we talk about in faith is now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It says now faith. It's the substance of things hopeful and the evidence of things not seen. It did not say faith was invisible. <sighs> because according to the scripture, when y'all read that scripture tonight, the Bible says Jesus, verse 5, saw their faith. My question is, if you really believe, what does your faith look like? This is what my faith looks like. When I'm believing God for property, I start walking around it. And I believe God for a house. You know, hey, hey, you know when they say they want to see your bank statements before you see some pieces of property. I'm, I'm talking about seeing the kind of properties I look at. Hey, Amen. When they want to see bank statements, that's okay. You tell them, well, listen, I don't have time to do that. I'm just in town today. If you want to show me to show me. If not, I got some other pieces of property. Okay, Mr. Younger will come. Because I know what I bring. Because all my money can't be calculated because it's in the favor. It's in the favor cloud. Can't be calculated. That's just there's that account, that account, and then this account right here. And most of my money is here. And I start walking and say, you know what? I don't know about this room. Because I need at least two master suites, one on the main level. So when my older family members come, then I want one on the top floor so I can be away from them when I need to be. Yeah, I see there's a gravel driveway. Have y'all considered paving it? Well, I may pave it myself and we can come together with the right amount. Now, I'm talking about even for your own life, your own personal life. When you go into the job interview, you can't go in there with Mr. Please, I hope you give me this job. You got to go in there with the attitude. Y'all hire me. Your sales are going to increase in the first 90 days. And then we can talk and we can talk and communicate about that raise. And you know, I'm, if I come in on this level, I need to make sure that when your numbers begin to increase, that you will see my presence in your company has shifted in. And then when they offer to you, tell me I'll get back to you and let you know. You don't dress for the position you're applying for. You dress for the position that's interviewing you. And Jesus 
saw their faith. Scream at somebody, tell them, walk like you already got it. Oh, hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. People think, oh, you so bougie. I know. I'm not conceited. I'm just convinced. What God showed me, hallelujah, it's a sure thing. Hallelujah. Scream at somebody, tell me, it's a sure thing. Prepare, prepare, prepare. God is about to reveal himself. And then what happens? When Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus saw their faith. Jesus saw their faith. And he looks at the man. Look at verse 5. Saw their faith. And you know what he said? (laughs) Put it on the screen. Verse (laughs) 5. You know what he said? You are healed. Oh. Rise up and walk. Son, thy sins are forgiven. I want to tell somebody in this room, it may not be the way you expect it, but it's going to be the miracle that you needed. (laughs) See, some of us get confused because God gave us a promise. I want to say this because when you go into this building project, when you start putting your hands to do it, you're going to go in with excitement because Bishop Younger came and he stirred you up. And as soon as you get stirred up and you're going to start laying hands on stuff. And the people say, oh, this looks good. I think we can get you into this. And then they come back and say, uh. When the city inspector say, hold on with this. When, when you say, I'm stepping out on faith, and why before you can step out on faith, they start closing out your position at work. And you had a little money set up to the side so you could start your own little business, but now your car didn't broke down, now you need another engine. And if you get in your head, you're going to miss out on being in faith. Because sometimes your greatest seasons will come to you in the form of a challenge. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, remember what he said. When things get crazy, remember what he said. Because it's glory. It's glory. But it's just wrapped up in affliction. You know, the packaging is a little off. But it's glory on the inside of it. Somebody, something just leaped in you. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, it's glory on the inside of this. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't walk away from this because it's hard. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not God. All right. He said, he told him, he said, your sins are forgiven. And somebody like, man, that ain't what I came for. My sins are forgiven. I need to be healed. Jesus says your sins are forgiven and the man got up and started walking. In other words, the Lord is first telling him, he says, I want you to live like this never happened. I ain't got no voice to hoop like I wanted to in my spirit, but God told me to tell somebody, live like it never happened. Some of you are still living under the scandal. You're still living under the rumor. You're still living under the shame and the guilt and the people who left and the people who came back and what people said and what people thought. Tell somebody to live like it never happened. So what? You had a child out of wedlock. You're not the first one. You don't come in and keep apologizing for something that you didn't already repented of. And don't let church people keep putting it on you. Don't let them put you in a bind because they know about what you did. Because they know about what you did. Because they know about what you did. That's why I don't stand women up in front of the church and ask the church for pardon. Well, y'all pardon me. Somebody brought that to me. I said, why? Why do I, I mean, she needs accountability. She needs to sit with the church mother. She needs to sit with the We who are spiritual need to restore her. We who are spiritual. Well, why are we going to bring all these folk in here? Ain't got no prayer life. They going to pardon her? First of all, having a baby is not sin. Fornication is sin. 
So if I'm going to stand up in front of all the people to apologize to the church for fornicating, all the rest of the fornicators got to come up here too. Come on. And all of them, they got the lottery tickets in their pocket, then they got to come up next. Then all the, all, all the church intercessors, gossipers, they need to come up next. We'll never have a service because we'll all be asking for pardon. That's why it's best just to give grace to everybody. Tell your neighbor grace and more grace. Grace and more grace. Live like it never happened. Because what some of you need to get a revelation what you need to get a revelation of your hard situation is not about you. Because some of you have been feeling like you've been neglected or abandoned by God. Why is everything look like it just falls in line for everybody else? But for me, I feel like I'm Sophia on the color purple. All my life. Come on, be honest with me. How many of y'all in this room, you feel like before you can get excited, a rug is being pulled from under But your heart situation it's not even about you. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.